The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. And thank you for joining us for this Tuesday edition of our podcast. And we're glad you're with us and hope that this time will be an encouragement to you. Uh, if you're following along in Scripture, we are starting Philippians chapter 4, as we'll take the next few episodes and finish out the book of Philippians. Um, again, we talk about the theme of Philippians. Generally, by most people agree, it would be the theme of joy and joy over. We've mentioned over these last episodes that we're using a thought from written by uh, commentator Warren Wiersbe, and he talks about joy robbers. And each one of these talks about how you can have joy over things that normally would steal your joy. And in chapter 4, he says we can have joy over worry. And so that's kind of the theme we'll use walking through chapter 4. Chapter 4 is also unique in the fact that chapter 4 walks through some final thoughts. And often you'll see Pauline and uh, Peter, some of these books, you'll see that as they come to the end, there's just kind of a list of of thoughts from their heart sharing things to this church. And so the beginning of this uh, this chapter is very much like that. We'll get to the end and some of the core. When you think of the book of Philippians, and you think of some of the things that you're taught, some of the things that you would quote a lot and hold to, most of that core is found in this chapter. So a lot of the, uh, as we can use the phrase, more popular passages of the book of Philippians are found in this chapter, and we will evaluate those over the next few days. Uh, but we're going to start here in verse 1. Just going to go the first couple verses, and we're going to talk about one, Paul's heart. And then Paul does something very intriguing as he writes to the, book of, to the church of Philippi, and Paul basically confronts two people. Uh, and remember, we, back in chapter 2, he challenges the church on unity. He tells the church how to have unity. He tells what gets in the way of unity. And then he says, have the mind of Christ. It's the only way to enjoy it. It's not uniformity. It's not everybody agreeing or acting the same. It's unity, and there's a big difference there. So we're going to see a little bit of him kind of as a pastor printing this to the forefront in this chapter. So chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says this, Therefore, my uh, brethren, dearly beloved and long for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. So Paul starts this final thought of this letter by just sharing with the church his view of them, his heart for them. He goes, you understand how important you are to me. You're a huge encouragement to me. You are just really my dearly beloved. You are really uh, one of the greatest joys I have as I sit in prison, waiting for the outcome of my life to look back on all that God's allowed me to do. You are a highlight in that. Uh, then he says in verse 2, he goes, I beseech Iodius and beseech Syntyche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. So he confronts two women, and he says this phrase, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. I beseech, I beg, I plead with you, be same mind. Again, notice he said, don't always be in agreement, but be in the same mind in the Lord. He's not saying that they stop their point of view. He's saying, can you get a different perspective? And what we're seeing here is we're seeing two ladies in the church that uh, apparently what seems to be both love the Lord, both desire to serve the Lord, but we don't even know what the argument was. But there was something in the middle that was causing conflict. And, and, and probably their differences may not, they might have been really big. They might have been very small. Uh, but we know that when there are differences of opinion, they can become a grief in a church. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. 
we, the, one of the beauties why, why God called the church a mystery is that, the plan, that one of the things that God intends to see in the church is people coming from every walk of life to come into the same building, which means you're going to have different upbringings, you're going to have maybe even different political views. All these different things are brought here. Where we end up should be unified because we come and we get centered under Jesus Christ. But we should accept people from different uh, income backgrounds, all these different things, and, and that's the beauty of it, that we come from different countries and all these things to make this. Now, when you come in, you're not coming in with the idea that you have to give up a perspective of how you were reared or things of that nature. You don't have to stop thinking and conform your thinking to that of the churches or the pastors. Uh, so when he says same mind, he's not saying give up and believe that someone else is right. He's saying that while we come with our differences to the church, what pulls us together is not that we agree on every area, it's that we have an agreement in the body of Christ, that we have a goal, and that is to make disciples of Jesus, reach the lost. That is our goal, and that driving force brings us together, allowing us to set aside our differences because of that common goal. Remember uh, back in uh, 2001, 9-11, when uh, we were attacked, the world very quickly set aside all of these differences to come together, to encourage each other to come, and to want the enemy dealt with. And we were perfectly fine with that, and that disappeared after a while. But we had a common enemy. Well, I'm not saying we have a common enemy. We do in Satan, but we have a common goal. And that is for God to be glorified and the kingdom to grow. So that is the one mind. And so here's what happens, though. Because we have those differences, if we are not focused on that one mind, these differences now become a problem. These differences, and what happens is dissension. One person wants the other person to agree, and they start gossiping and rumors and all these different things to get people mad at the pastor, or get people mad at someone else, or just to say how right they are and how wrong everyone else is, and they're not on the one mind. They have their opinion, and the other person's just wrong. And what they've lost is the unity of the mind of Christ, and they've gone back to their personal perspectives and personal preferences. And when we are more focused on our personal preferences than we are the mind of Christ, that's when division comes, and at some point a church is gonna split. It's not gonna split because one person's right, one person's wrong. It's gonna split because somebody has not gotten their mind on Christ. And so he, understanding the damage that this can bring, comes to these two and says, you both seem to be great people, you both seem to love the Lord, I challenge you to be of, and he says, on the, in the same mind in the Lord. Then he says in verse 3, I entreat thee also, true yellow fo yoke, fo yoke fellow, the rest of the people in the church, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Those who have given, these people have served with me, they've accomplished, they are truly saved. Their names are in the book of life. Come along and encourage them. Don't let these differences split them. Don't let uh, the struggle, maybe if you want to use the term of the day, the drama, don't let these things cause conflict. Don't let these things limit what God wants to do in his church. Uh, and he's really coming with his final thought as he comes to the closing few thoughts. Of, remember, this is a letter. It's the fourth section of the letter, but he's coming with some final thoughts. He introduces this last set of thoughts with a challenge. And he, yes, he confronts these two. Now, why would he point out two women? My, my assumption is that Paul was not the only one aware of what was going on. 
And, you know, the Bible, you know, we, the, the simple premise is if there's a private sin, it needs to be dealt with privately. If there's a public sin, it needs to be dealt with publicly. If everybody knows something's happened, then somehow there needs to at least to be an acknowledgement that it's been dealt with. If something horrible happens, you not to cover it. If it's known, it needs to be dealt with. If it's a public problem, it should be. And the other thing Paul notices, if, if, two, if this conflict is allowed to rise and no one acknowledges it, then it's only going to grow and make it worse. People assume other leadership agrees with it. So there are some times where that needs to be done. I, you don't go looking for fights, but you want the church to know that you're aware. And that's what Paul's doing. He's saying, if we're not careful, this can grow. And Satan will use the, in some occasions, not always, but in some occasions, the well-minded heart of people that just can't seem to find that unity. And he can use that to be the stumbling block that limits the church. And in many occasions in our culture, in American 20th, 20th to 21st century Christianity has actually seen churches shut down as that result because they can't get beyond the mind of Christ. They only are stuck on their two sides. May that not be true. Maybe may we find that the cause of Christ is so much more important than the thinking and the unity, not uniformity, but the thinking is so much more important than those areas that we would prefer and may those things not. Now, this is not doctrine, okay? Doctrine will divide, and it should. We should stand strong on doctrine. I'm looking at preference here, how things are done. That is the thing that can cause division, and may our focus be singular on Christ, on the Word of God, and what it teaches, and not on our own personal preferences. This is where division can come. So that's how Paul starts uh, this final section of his letter to the Church of Philippi. And may we always strive to not always agree, uh, because personally we won't, but always find that unity in Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us on this Tuesday, giving me a chance to uh, be part of your day. We hope it's a help. Uh, we hope it's an encouragement. We hope it's a reminder that God loves you and he's working in your heart and he desires to see you grow in him. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.